So in today's episode, guys, we're going to be talking about a movement assessment for hockey players. And the reason for this is that often hockey players don't really know what it is they should be assessing. And they're also unclear on what the test should be, what to do with that information. And so largely hockey players are completely guessing about the right kind of work they should be doing, don't have a clear sort of plan of action and just are kind of stuck really not knowing what it is they should be doing. So going to be covering off that, giving you a couple of assessments that we do with clients when they come in to generate the information we need around three different areas of movement, balance, proprioception, tissue capacity, and mobility. And that forms our kind of movement screen when, when athletes come in to work with us. And that sits alongside other running-based assessments and maximal strength scores, which is for a different video entirely. So let's start with the problem to begin with. The first problem is that hockey players follow generic training plans that don't prepare them for the sport-specific and individual needs of the game. The sport-specific side, players don't have relevant assessments to complete and therefore they are doing generic um, fitness-based programs which just mean they don't really get the results they want has no impact on performance whatsoever from an individual needs perspective players don't have a clear course of action because they don't know what tests they should be doing and also what to do with the information once they've done those tests so that's the second problem as well so that's the first thing to address is that because of the generic nature of what hockey players tend to do they don't get results that impact performance, which is time wasted. It is frustrating because you're not getting the results that you want. And it's also time consuming because you might get there eventually, but it might take you months and months and months of work. Whereas once you've got a clear plan and you've got the assessments done, and you know exactly what it is you should be doing and it's all done for you. You've got it clearly outlined. You know exactly what it is that you should be doing. You infinitely speed up the rate at which you get results and you get to your goals significantly faster. But the second problem is the hockey players don't assess themselves. So, and based on that, they don't know what to do. I don't know why they're doing it either. So they're doing plans that aren't built for them, that aren't relevant to hockey, which don't get results and don't impact performance. Pretty frustrating situation to be in. And I see it all the time. So this is why I wanted to address that and give you exactly what tests you should be doing in order to um, gain information that's going to make an impact on your performance. So what needs to be assessed? Three core areas. We need to look at mobility. So our range of motion, we need to look at our balance and proprioception. So how well we can stabilize joints in space and on the hockey pitch. And then thirdly, our tissue capacity. So our ability of tissues to withstand repeated loading in order to safeguard against injury. And specifically in hockey, it's very high volume. So you've got a very high volume sport. And because of that, you're going to get um, significantly more soft tissue injuries um, than others because you're not playing once a week. You might be playing two, three or four times per week. In balance and proprioception, we've got two different tests we'll typically look at. I've got something like a single leg squat and something like a single leg balance. Why would you do these two tests? Well, from a single leg hop perspective, we want to see that players can stabilize on a single leg. and There's no asymmetry between left and right side as well. So when we're doing something like that single leg hop there, we're looking at how someone lands. And is there a difference in the left and the right side between how they're landing? And we're also looking at things like joint positions when they're landing. So are we seeing knee valgus, the knee collapsing inwards, which is associated with knee injury? Are we seeing ankle instability? Are we seeing some sort of lack of trunk control or a lateral trunk sway side to side? From a balance perspective, are we seeing um, you know, the inability to keep themselves stable? We tend to use an eyes closed test because that um, makes, the, makes the test a little bit more difficult, but also just means it isolates out the stability on the limb um, slightly more rather than just focusing on um, 
being able to focus with your vision, it just isolates out that balance slightly more. So these would be two from a balance proprioception and also from a um, sort of stability perspective as well, two really effective tests to look at. Tend to do something like three hops on each side and look at the difference in distance and stability. So both recorded and um, also videoed for both left and right side, we're going to look at asymmetry. So is there a difference between the left and the right side? And the same thing again, when it comes to single leg balance, we're going to look at, is there a difference in how the joints are stabilizing themselves um, and how long you can essentially last in that position for? Second, then we've got mobilities. We've got a, a sort of global movement, like an overhead squat. So we're going to use just a hockey stick for this, for example. It doesn't have to be a full barbell like in this video, but we're going to do a full um, assessment like this, looking at, okay, what's happening at the shoulder? What's happening at the hip? What's happening at the ankle? Um, if you've got good trunk uh, alignment and posture when you're able to hit those low positions again, or is there a part of the body which is starting to break down there? Have you not got good range of motion at the hip as an example, or is it maybe this the shoulder stability that's letting you down? So that's a global movement. And then we'll break that down into slightly more specific ones around the thoracic spine, trying to isolate the thoracic spine to see have, have players got good range of motion there. We know from research, if you haven't got a good range of motion at the thoracic spine, you tend to get more loading through the lumbar spine and lower backs in hockey are one of the most commonly experienced injuries. So you've got to make sure you've got really good range of motion there. From a hip mobility perspective, looking at good hip internal rotation through things like an internal rotation here um, on the mat. And that just gives us, again, good idea of how much range of motion can you achieve on the pitch. If you can't get into really good ranges of motion and hip internal rotation, you tend to see that other joints are going to take on more strains. So like the knee, for example, is going to undergo a lot of stress if there isn't a great deal of um, mobility at that hip and internal in, internal rotation. So. For example, if you get your foot or hip into a slightly awkward position, have you got extra margin to move through? Or are you going to get yourself in a stressful position and put a lot of strain on that knee, which might lead to medial uh, ligament injuries or maybe ACL injuries at worst? So it's important we're assessing these three core areas as well. And there are lots of other tests underneath that, which we might dig into a bit more if there are other kind of questions we need to answer. Lastly, then we've got tissue capacity. And that is across four key areas in hockey. You've got hamstring, trunk, adductor, and calf. For the hamstring, we'll do something like either an isometric hold or repetitions for um, muscular failure. We're looking at how many repetitions you can achieve. And again, is there a difference in the left and the right hamstring, um, which might indicate future injury risk? We know that from research, again, the more symmetrical those two sides are going to be, the less likely you are to get injured. And also the total number of repetitions you can achieve is going to be a big factor there. For the trunk, from an anterior trunk perspective, something like a supine hold, we're going to do, again, really important to have really good anterior core strength because it's related to lower back injury. Really strong, high-capacity anterior core is related or associated, sorry, with less lower back injury. So that's important. Adductor is, again, put under loads of stress when you're playing hockey because you're playing in split stance positions. You're moving laterally quite a lot, and um, you've got a lot of high-speed decelerations there as well. So... Again, using something like a Copenhagen is a really effective tool to see what kind of capacity you've got to, with, to withstand this position and hold yourself in this position for as long as possible. Is there a difference, again, in either short lever like this or long lever between the left and the right side? And then finally, the calf, which is associated with ankle injury and the gastroc and soleus play really important roles in um, attenuating forces that go through the ankle which is the most common soft tissue injury in the sport. So we've got to make sure the calf and gastroc got high capacity as well to withstand loading again and again and again. 
across the course of say a week of training or in a tournament for example um, lots and lots of running volume and change of direction which tend to be unplanned as well so that gives you an idea of three key areas you can look at and some tasks across balance mobility and tissue capacity for a movement screen for a hockey player that's going to give you tons of information that's going to allow you to see okay i'm not good at this area here's some weaknesses and then you know you've got a full kind of idea of what it is you should be doing the next part of course though is actually doing something with that information and building a plan and that's where we'll come in and help so if you want our help on our one-to-one coaching program we'll be able to take you through all of this and then write the plan work with you support you tell you exactly what you need to do based on the information so you're not kind of still back at square one having worked out what it is you should be doing but then not knowing what to do next with the information so if you're interested drop me a message and we can chat through more details on that one.